Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the beginning, when the Word was with God and was not yet made flesh, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters, the first recorded divine words were, Let there be light. And there was. By merely thinking and saying, God creates reality where there was void. He makes the good and the very good, even the perfect, arise out of chaos and darkness. His power is such that he did not require theoretical billions of years to get things right. No, in an instant, his omnipotence makes is what was not. Light and dark, waters above and waters below, dry land and plants, birds and fish, animals of all kinds, and finally, mankind, male and female. He created them all. All but the latter, he merely spoke into existence. But humanity was different. Us he made to be, not just by the speaking of words, but by forming us from the dust of the earth and infusing us with the breath of life. We are unique among all His creatures. We are made in His image. What began with the creation of light is capstoned by the children of light, though we would soon choose to be children of darkness instead. Yet even after our fall into sin, God would provide our ancestors with a light of hope. In the midst of their fear and in the origin of death, there was the comfort of His Word once again, a word of promise. One would come forth from the seed of woman, He said, to crush the head of that prince of darkness, the one who had led His people astray far from the light. Within a few generations, though, that promise was largely forgotten. The darkness had become so great that God would cover the earth with an even greater darkness. The sun was blocked by clouds as the skies burst forth for 40 days of rain, and the fountains of the deep sprung upward, covering the earth. All of humanity but for the chosen Noah and his family would find themselves swallowed up, drowned and destroyed by a new chaotic deep, a deep like that which existed before the light was first called forth by God's Word. Many years later, those who had become fruitful and had multiplied from the remnant of Noah and the promises made to Adam, Noah, and Abraham found themselves in great darkness once again. In the bondage of slavery in Egypt, they were passed over by death, preserved by the blood of an innocent, flawless lamb. Meanwhile, their unbelieving oppressors suffered death and destruction in the darkness of the night. The Lord led the Israelites out of Egypt and into the freedom by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of light to safety. With the angel of the Lord, he who is God of God and light of light, both going forth to lead them and being a mighty fortress behind them against the pursuing Egyptians. Once again, by water and by word, life is preserved and evil is destroyed. The light triumphs again. God alone saved Moses and Aaron, Miriam, and all the Israelites that day, just as He had previously saved Adam and Eve. 
had previously preserved Noah and the small remnant of his church. Similarly, he does not need our efforts or our good intentions or even our sincere earnestness to save us. The light of his word makes right what is wrong, fixes what is broken, declares clean what is filthy, adopts what was lost and orphaned, makes alive what was dead. He has already done so this evening for Coy, for Evelyn and for Lauren, for John and for William at the font. He has done so for you in the hearing of the prophecy of Ezekiel. There you heard the promises that you will be cleansed from all of your uncleannesses, that your stone hearts will be turned back to flesh hearts, that your evil spirit will be replaced by God's own spirit which He places within you. And now in newness of life, you await the coming of the unending heavenly banquet, a foretaste of which we will partake in a short while. All He requires is that you believe making use of the faith that He has given you to worship Him and to serve your fellow man and woman, that you trust His word of promise, that you receive the light that He sends you. On the hills outside of Bethlehem, as shepherds watch their flock by night, the light pierced the darkness once more. An angel appeared and proclaimed to them the birth of David's greater son, the sky burst, burst forth with light as the whole host joined in the proclamation of the first and greatest glory on earth. Yet there was still somehow shadow upon that light that holy night in Bethlehem. It shined in the darkness, yes, but the darkness did not comprehend it. His own creatures, even his very own chosen people, received him not. And the mighty fortress was laid in a manger. He had no place of his own to lay his head. His suffering had already begun. As for Mary, she who was an image of the church, a piercing, soul, a piercing sword for her soul was prophesied. And yet that light still shined. John the Baptist bore witness to it. The apostles confessed it and cast out demons by his name. He enlightened some and changed the lives of many but mostly he was denied and hated. Still he loved this dark rebel world to the end, all the way to the grave. There it seemed that the holy light had been defeated. He was extinguished outside the city of peace as though he were a traitor, a blasphemer, and a fraud. The darkness that did not encompass or comprehend the light engulfed the hearts of fallen men. They mocked him. They spat upon him and struck him. They beat the meek and the seemingly inglorious Son of God. Then they nailed Him to a cross. With derision and ridicule, they assigned Him King David's title, King of the Jews. And Pontius Pilate affixed a sign bearing its inscription to the instrument of His execution. He placed His mother into the care of the Apostle John, the one He loved, as a stand-in for Himself as a minister to her in her waiting grief. And then the sun went dark. The light was out. God was dead. The whole creation mourned. The curtain on the most holy place was torn asunder as if God was rending His own garments to the torment and injustice of it all. And even in death, that holy light had no place to lay His head. 
He had to borrow a tomb from Joseph of Arimathea. But now Joseph has that tomb back. The light shines again. An angel stands in death's grave. He says, He is risen. He is not here. The stone is rolled away. The guards are struck mute. There is no longer a shadow on that light. There is no suffering, no death yet to come. It is all finished. Death is dead. Jesus lives. The darkness is destroyed whether it knows it or not. Now is the reign of light that never ends. The stronger man has prevailed through weakness, and life has come through death. No stone ever, no monolith of lifeless dust can hold him back. He who is the stone that the builders rejected now become the stone that is the capstone of all. He's become that chief cornerstone through sacrifice. No door locked in fear can keep him out. No devil, no man, no terror of the night can pluck his children out of his hand. He strides forth, victorious from the lion's den, out of the belly of the earth, across the waves, and into the upper room. The sign of Jonah, three days in the earth, is now fulfilled. His heel is scuffed and his heel is scabbed over. But that dark and bloody smudge that you see there is now from the serpent's crushed, defeated, lifeless head. He pronounces peace to his faithful and to his fearful ones. He shows them his scars. For those blessed wounds are his marks of love. They are the badge of his most holy office. They are the proof of his completed work. They give a full accounting of the price he paid for mankind. For though we in our sin have often denied him and ran from him, doubted him and betrayed him, and might even on the night of the third day still be afraid, we are hiding in our belief of our locked upper rooms. He comes still to us. He comes in love and He comes with patience. He proclaims to us peace and offers us forgiveness. He welcomes us and displays His blessed scars. His body, broken and bloodied for you, yields life. It seems that the prophecies of Scripture told the truth after all. Jesus lives. He comes not bringing terror, not with rebuke or in wrath, but He comes with a gentle spirit. He is the great bridegroom, wooing His beloved with a soothing, come to Me. All things are complete, He says. I was wounded for your transgressions. I was bruised for your iniquities. I bring you peace by my own suffering, and I bring healing through my stripes. And I have taken up my life again. I have been raised for your justification. I remove your guilt and all of your sin. I have forgotten your denial. I have bought you at a price. You are mine. Come to me. I will give you comfort. I will give you rest. He speaks the word that was first prophesied by Job, but now he can do so in the first person and not the third. I, your Redeemer, live. And in the end, too, you shall stand on the earth, and after your skin is destroyed in your flesh, with your own eyes you shall see me. You too will rise and live. I will bring you home because I love you. I have accomplished my Father's will to save you. Our alleluias can now return.
because He was not there on that first Easter morning. He was not there, but He is here. This is not His grave, a resting place for His bones. This, the Holy Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is the womb of His life. It is the bridal chamber of His grace. It is His house. He is here each time we gather. He is here for you in word and in sacrament. He is alive and breathing, enlightening you with His forgiveness. His risen flesh is presented not as a sacrifice to the Father, but as food for you, His beloved, and as a sanctifying gift of His Spirit. This is not a surprise ending. This is what God's people have always expected and always confessed. It is the constant message of His unchanging Word from Eden to Canaan, to Egypt to Nineveh, to Babylon, from Jerusalem to the roads to Gaza and Damascus, to Alexandria and Antioch, to Ephesus and to Rome, to Wittenberg, to St. Louis and to Fort Wayne, to Austin and even to Hong Kong. He is the God of everlasting mercy, of perfect love and forgiveness and hope. He who was crucified is now risen. He has ended your warfare. He declares peace to you in His own name. Your darkness and your suffering will not last forever. In the meantime, in all of your times of grief and fear and despair, He provides for you through His one holy Christian and apostolic church from life into death and from death into resurrection and on into life everlasting. He is not in the grave. He is here among us. He is here with you both now and forever. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. In His holy name. Amen. Amen.